Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Very good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to uh, have a big array of, of topics of discussion, but we were up, both myself and Paul Fitzpatrick, who joins me here in the podcast, at um, the launch of the Friends of Cavan, which basically launched the Cavan player pathway and, and gave an update on how the Centre of Excellence, the Polar Centre of Excellence, is going Firstly, last Monday night in Crow Park, a really good night, Paul. I have to say it was, a, it was a great night. A lot of time, these sort of events are just formulaic, sort yeah. of, a couple of speakers, maybe an official, a sponsor, then a photo opportunity. This was nothing. And I, I kind of went up there thinking, just get through this. I have to bird. go. have to go. It's yeah, just yeah. another thing to go to. But I actually came down the road buzzing. Same I thought way. it was really good. It was really well put together. Um they had panel discussions and they were, they were short enough that people didn't lose concentration, that people stayed with it uh, and they were interesting enough that, that they sort of gripped you. Like you had Brendan Moore to tell him the story of Kingspan, how it started at the back of a pub and you had to go up to four kill in Armagh maybe to buy a second-hand axle of a trailer. Yeah. You know, this is really, really basic engineering from that to what gazillions. Yeah, um, I, I was looking at Kingspan's now bigger... Well, on, on, on share prices, bigger than the two banks, Bank of Ireland and AIB put there, together. There yeah. you go. Amazing. Like, and that's how that started. And then you had Martin Riley telling his story of how he left school in fourth year, no leaving cert, went to England trying to chase the dream, play professional soccer. Ended up, um, that didn't work out for him. He came home two years later and he ended up doing the apprenticeship actually with Kieran Callaghan, the chairman. Mm. And uh, through, through his football connections, DIT got wind of him, got him to go to DIT to, for his college phase of his electrical apprenticeship. He played Sigerson football there, and then he got, that got him into the academic side of things. And he ended up doing a, doing a honors degree, a degree, and then he went over. I think he did a masters in Scotland. In electrical engineering. Electrical engineering. It's incredible, incredible. And I was working with Lakeland Dairies, and 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 the whole point of the night was that, well, part of it was employee. Cavan, employ local lads, employ GA lads, and try to bring them back to Cavan, you know, to to relieve the the stress of maybe commuting up and down. And and he was a a perfect example of, I presume, even as an electrician, he was up and down the road. He was you know spending a huge amount of time traveling. Whereas now he's he's based in Kilishandra, I think, in Lakeland, and has a you know I suppose maybe a, it's easier for him to play football as a result of. Oh, completely. The commute is no is no joke. Like it's it's tough going commuting, even from Virginia there or, or Mullah that area. It's still the commute is still pretty tough if you're going to Dublin every morning because traffic is worse than it ever was really. Yeah. Um, but I have to say that you know it's it, what Kieran Callaghan was saying sort of goes con- runs contrary to what the GPA has been saying. Every time they bring out a report, it's woe is me, misery upon misery. To be a county footballer is signing your life away it's like you go into a county squad and you have to sign some charter in blood to say uh, take you know I'm signing away all my rights and yeah. every time it's more and more hours and more and more hours are put into it but Kieran Callan says in his in his experience county footballers are among the best employees you can have he says they've got the drive they've got the teamwork the work ethic and not just county club footballers as well yeah. GA players GA players in general and he says that he he doesn't buy this thing about some people say oh it's it affects your careers he said not at all like they know how to have the crack but they know how to get the work done mm. and uh, he spoke from the heart and I could see I was looking around the room like there were some deep pockets in that room but it wasn't no it wasn't just your ordinary old shakedown it like, wasn't no they sold it as a as a journey I thought John Keating spoke brilliantly um yeah about about he so first of all you had Tom Riley and Kevin Smith giving an update on the on the center of excellence John Keating spoke about 
the whole financial aspect to it. Where money how they can increase the, 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 the marketability of CAV and GEA and how they can increase the value for sponsors, whether it be corporate or down to individual level. I thought I thought his presentation was brilliant. I thought it was, it was really excellent. Um, Pamela McCabe, who I used That's to work right. with years ago, um, when she was Pamela Crow, she, she was... Cavan Ladies Footballer, former captain, and she's a marketing manager with Kingsman, and she spoke uh, yeah. well about, I made a presentation about what, um, where football ties in with Kingsman and all that yeah, stuff. Synergy between the two, which which was a very good presentation as well. Yeah, and then you had Matty Hines and NASA Board, Aaron Galligan, um, footballers, horrors, camogie players. It was it was really good. I thought it was a, it was a good night. Now it was, and and I suppose where. We'll pull into it. What I might do is actually maybe over the coming weeks we'll we'll break out different bits of it. Um, but the one of the most interesting parts was when uh, Owen McConnell, who was doing MC, he invited Mickey Graham, Andre Quinn, and Dermot or Dermot McCabe up on stage um, to give an idea of player pathway. And so we'll we'll, we'll pick it up with with Owen just introducing the three lads. We come to our first panel discussion. We're having two of them tonight and uh, we're coming to the first one now and that's uh, the player development pathways and I would like to introduce three people who are uh, very much at the coalface of games development and development pathways. You please welcome on stage the cabin, the games development manager Dermot McCabe Head of Athletic Development, Andre Quinn, and our current cabin team manager, Mickey Graham. <laughs> Boys, you're very welcome. Uh, Dermot, if I could start with you, um, um, explain the importance of coaching for, for people that most people know, but explain the real importance of it. Um, I suppose it depends on what's been coached. Um, from our point of view, uh, within coaching and games, it's about getting coverage and participation. Um, with investment that the county board have made and, and, and through fundraisers over the last number of years, we've been able to increase our workforce to uh, eight when we include Andrea, and seven of the guys are out in schools. So our main target areas are post-primaries, national schools, and, and the club work we do, as well as the talent academies. Uh, with post primaries, we would, as you've seen in some of the figures, uh, all, uh, hit 7,500 kids in the school year. And depending on what age they, they, that goes from junior infants right up to senior, we would do very simple basic movements. And some of them would be involved in the football family and some uh, wouldn't be. And we progress that through the, the various age groups until they get to sixth class. Uh, we've started our after school program that they would filter into that. And, and then they, they get involved in our post primary work and our talent academy work after that. So it, it's fair to say that, that the coaching in the county is at a very advanced stage then at this point. Yeah, well, yes, it has. Or is it? Yes, I know, it, it has, it has. And I suppose the critical element now that we're trying to add is probably work with our clubs and, and to work with the coaches because what, what's critical is, is what's being provided to, to the kids and to the children uh, from that age and that you have to be careful in that we don't want to put kids off football in that they just need to go out and play it. And sometimes, I suppose, at very young ages, we get very technical and very coach-orientated, and perhaps it's too much. Whereas we want to find the right balance with that and not put people off the game, but get them to see that this is professional, to see that this is good, that this is enjoyable, and that they can have fun. And, of course, it's important that their guardians or payments buy into all of this as well. It's, it's critical, I suppose. It, you know, if we talk about my own area, it used to be all Brady's and Riley's and, and sort of McCabe's and Madden's. Whereas now we have a vast majority of surnames and they don't know about Ghana or maybe history in Ghana. So we have to make sure that we're accomplishing it and involving everyone and the best way is, is through the parents. I was at a migrant in, uh, event on last Saturday and uh, there was a black man there. He was living in, in Muchaconet and he said the very first thing that he did was went to the local GAA club. And he has now his sons playing and his daughters dancing. So it's an encouragement for people to get involved in the community in their own area. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. We, you know, I'm at meetings here last week, and the, the word that they say is that sort of the club is, is central to the community, and that's what they want to build their next five-year plan at national level, and we'll be delivering to the counties over the next nine months, and that's the basis of their plan, that the club is the centre of the community, and coaching within that keeps the kids and keeps the families involved. 
Andre, it's been touched upon already, but uh, the new gym in your specific area, obviously so crucial. What's that, sorry? It's obviously crucial. Yeah, it's, it's massive. I just want to leave it for something. Yeah, uh, apart from the fact that it's uh, reduced my stress levels by about 500%, the, um, it, it's massive for a lot of different reasons. And it's not just massive, just because it's now a good area for the players to do an individual session. It's quite multifaceted and quite multi-layered. So Tom and Kevin already touched upon the location of it. It's now sitting 20 metres away from the 3G. So what we have with the senior players at the minute now is, is they're, they're maxed at the time. There's pretty, pretty much no more time to give in a given week to, to try and get better. And so really the, to solve the problem, it's a case of making more of the time that they do have. So the gym could have been somewhere else, different location altogether. And if they wanted to do 20, 30 minutes of skill work in addition or uh, study the game, uh, video analysis, whatever, that two-hour endeavour might have been used completely just to get to the gym and back from the gym. But now it's a bit of a one-stop shop, so you can turn up and you can do the gym session, which could be 60 minutes, 20, 30 minutes out on the pitch, and there's still 20, 30 minutes to you know, maybe go and work because we're in Kingspan, Breffley Park, that you can go and spend time with the coaches and review the game. So... It's really multi-layered. And then another layer to it as well is, is that the way the gym is designed, that you can get in comfortably a full paneling, or even better, um, as senior players with the standard birds at the minute now, what we're doing, that, like say, on a Wednesday evening, only the cabin-based players are there, so we don't need the whole gym. So that allows the underage teams to come and be in the gym at the same time as the senior players. And that exposure to what we're already doing, I think it accelerates the whole process because they're seeing what is being happening, what is happening by the standard birds at the moment. And then the last part of it as well is, is that um, in the past, what would have happened is you would have maybe booked the facility that we used for the gym and it might have incorporated the whole evening. And another team, if they wanted to use it on the same evening, would have to book a different day. Well, quite comfortably now, from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock, you could get three full panels in easily now. But what that means for me is my contact time with all these teams goes well up but then also it leaves me more evenings in the week more days in the week that I'm free because the next stage for us well, Dermot touched on it as well is is that if contact time is the key one of the key elements to improving the players over a long period of time a lot of this contact time exists at club level so if we can have more of an open door policy for the representatives and the coaches the clubs they can come and actually see what's going on but also then part of a, a coaching and mentorship program for anybody who's aspirational in this area. So we were accelerating the people who are going to be helping the players as well as us directly helping the players as well. So it's, it's really multifaceted and multi-layered what we can do now because the gym's in, in this location. I suppose the one question that's often asked, is there a specific age that this should all start? Uh, well, well, there's probably two parts to that answer. The first part is, is there an age where you can do, if you're talking about, say, a resistance training or whatever, there's there's no there's no limit. Uh, you can go as early as you want, but just because you could doesn't mean that you should. So if you had an aspirational eleven year old who absolutely wanted to do something six days a week and he wanted to go down this route, that could be facilitated no problem. But from our point of view, in terms of how we organise coaching sessions and the team sessions, I would say there's probably a certain age where these these kids probably just want to play football. And if we were to take a third away of that time to replace it with stuff that wasn't football, there might be a counter, might be counterproductive in terms of player retention and enjoyment. So for us, it's a case of working from the top down and recognising what needs to happen at the very, very top. And if we know what happens at the very, very top, then we could say, OK, well, at minor level, how close are we to, make, to getting there? Do we need more time than we currently have to get the levels that we want to? If the answer is yes, then maybe the work has to start a little earlier. And so you basically work your way back. Um, and I would say at this stage now, what we have is the, the under-17 team or the, the gym work is very much part of their year-round year, year round programme. With the 16s, it's probably at the stage where it's, at the very least, an introductory stage. Whether it happens before that now, at the current, at the current state, it probably isn't definitely part of the programme but it may become part of the programme, but it, it kind of it depends. But just because you could doesn't mean it should. And I suppose when players reach that stage where they do join panels, it's a case that when they come in, that uh, they're fit to train rather than train to get fit. 
Absolutely. So one of the things that I've noticed when, since I've come over here that uh, people talk about like 20, 21-year-olds almost as if um, they are only maybe getting to the stage where they can uh, cope with senior county football. But my reference point is professional rugby. And if, if I have been involved with a player who's 18 years of age and is playing international rugby, I don't understand why there could be a physical limitation for why a young footballer can't play senior county footballer. So, you know, the question should always be that if Mickey wants to pick any player in the county, that there's never a, a, a certainly a physical or athletic reason for that to be the case. I think it's the easiest problem to solve. Um, and absolutely, uh, the player should come in already uh, um, prepared and able to do whatever the demands are of senior county football. Okay. Mickey, a little disappointing yesterday. Yeah. Are you looking for your head today, you know? Um, Saturday the word, it might be the day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, disappointed, surely, Owen. Um, we put in three massive um, performances the last three previous games to that, and um, we felt that, you know, that we were improving week in, week out. And, unfortunately, you know, a lot of it was our own doing yesterday. But, you know, we learned from it, and the lads have picked themselves up now this week and get back on the horse. Listening to the lads and uh, their, their, their areas of expertise, how does that fit into your training regime? Um, I suppose Andre touched on it there that you know we felt at times you know players were coming into the squad and they had a lot of catching up to do maybe on lads that have been involved for the last five or six years as regards conditioning and development and we feel now with, with the work that you know the lads are trying to put in in place that you know when lads be, are called into the senior panel now that you know they're ready to, to rock that you know you're not spending 12 to 18 months getting them conditioned and you know getting them developed that they're ready and that they've been already educated is the key to it I think that all the players that are coming in know what's required and that they fit into the senior squad then and you know quite easily that you know that they're not in awe of the players that are already there that they know that they have a, with a lot of work under their belt already. Now I've been mingling and mixing with a lot of the players in recent times so I suppose management has to come into this as well but there's loads of positivities coming back from, from players they obviously like what's going on they like what's happening they're enjoying being there and that makes you guys job so much easier. Yeah, look at, I suppose, uh, anybody would tell you about successful teams, most successful teams are player-driven, you know, the players lead it and, um, you know, there's a good culture within the squad at the moment, um, they're all working hard and they're all doing their best, everybody gets on with each other and it's great to see it and there was nobody more disappointed than them lads yesterday, so, you know, as I said, you know, they're, while they're disappointed, they know that, you know, there's still lots of football to be played yet and, but yeah, look at uh, there's a lot of new faces in there, and they seem to be just um, starting to find their feet now. And as I said, there's great continuity and team spirit within the squad, and that's key to any successful team. If you don't have that, then you're 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 in trouble. There seems to be a great bond between existing players who've been there for a while and new players coming in who are ready to listen and ready to learn. Yeah, look at um, you're looking for your 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 experienced players, your seasoned players to to lead by example and bring these newer lads under the wing, basically, and you know educate them on what's required and what we need to do and how the lads go about doing things. And you know I think that's key when you have young lads coming into a squad for the first time that they see the standards that are being set by the older players, and if the standards are good and 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 that they follow suit. So I think it's very important to get that right straight away because if some new players come into the squad and they see that things are haven't been done the way they should be done and they feel that they can get away with those things, they'll test your patience, let me tell you. So, you know, from that point of view, the, lad, the older lads within the squad have been brilliant to the newer lads that have come in. Now, and as the weeks pass, obviously, injured players are beginning to find their feet again and get back into contention for places. Yeah, look, at, uh, I think at this moment in time, we're just down to about two, three lads that, you know, that are nearly back, uh, which is great because it means that... Um, brings a bit of competition to the squad, you know, the lads are kept on their toes, so there's no um, there's no uh, easing off as the lads that are playing, they know now that the pressure's coming on and that they need to be performing week in, week out, because they know that the lads are coming back, are hungry and they're keen to get their place and that can only be healthy for the squad and hopefully that continues um, moving forward. And finally, the focus will now turn very much to Championship time, Cronus and Manor. Um, I think we'll focus on Kildare first before we even go think about uh, Monaghan. Yeah, but look, it's all about a process aiming towards there. Um, you know, our motto all year was to take it one game at a time. We didn't talk about anything else. We just focus on the next game, and the next game is Kildare, and we're not looking any further than that at this moment of time. Mickey, Andre, and Dermot, give them a round of applause.
Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Paul, regular listeners to the podcasts will will be no stranger to the fact that I, I, I've been asking for information, wondering what is the pathway. That was the best insight I've heard of what we're actually doing with coaching and games in, in Cavan. I thought, I, I, I came away from a buzz and knowing that, okay, well, there's a lot there that I liked. You know, where Dermot spoke at the start, he talks about the, the most important thing for coaching and games in Cavan is um, is, is participation. Is about keeping the players encouraged and keeping them playing, which, again, you know, it's good to know that that's the plan. That's the idea. Mm. It's about mass participation. We see it's a balancing act for all sports. Do you focus on mass participation or do you focus on sort of excellence um, and the elite level? I know in handball, that's a, that's a thing. Do you, do you, you know, let's say we're trying to put a, a push on to promote handball at Cavan. Do we want to get 300 new players um, of, of a certain level or do we want to get... Um, five new players of a really elite level, and I know it's a balancing act. You need a, you need yeah. a balance of both, and it's it's probably a tough um, thing to balance as, from Darren McCabe's point of view because you're under pressure to produce players for t- for county teams through development squads and stuff. But at the same time, the clubs need numbers. Yeah, clubs need numbers. Yeah. So he he made the point that that he's working with the clubs to try and get supposed to get the clubs up to speed. Um, that I, seems to be a big shift in in or well, that seems to be a shift in direction from from my point of view. Looking at it, that he he spoke about getting the club coaches educated, getting them up so that they can prepare the players. Like so, you know, within that, obviously, we've seen and I've seen a document since um, that there is a far far bigger schedule of coaching courses in twenty twenty than we've seen in the past. So it's great to see the. The, the amount of work that's going in now at coaching and games so by 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 educating the coaches by getting them up to standard then maybe the elite coaches or or the the the, the GPOs uh, games promotion officers they can concentrate on maybe schools and and development squads yeah that's it that's it because there, there's a limited their their resources are finite like there's only six or seven of those fellas yeah um in terms of Andre Quinn, I thought he spoke well too. He was in, interested in what he talked about, um, about where the gym is situated now. Just a little thing you wouldn't have thought of, like that the gym is so close to the fields. Mm. You know, instead of having it out the road somewhere, it makes things easier for players. In in, in that strength and conditioning stuff, I I put up a thing on Twitter one time and said, "Is there such a thing as a strength and conditioning coach that's not highly rated?" Um, you know, some of these strength and conditioning boys are they're fond of themselves and they they speak from a position of of authority yeah. and if you don't really if you don't really have the knowledge they can you might think you might think this that is the greatest ever but but Andre Quinn wasn't like that I thought Andre Quinn was was very impressive and did come across as authoritative well what I two things I took out from it was obviously the location of the gym and the importance of that to the the players that he's currently working with and and, and I thought that was a very interesting part the second part that I took out and I, I absolutely love this was that he said coming from a rugby background that he thinks 18-year-olds should be fit to play or should be ready to play county senior football. He said there's no reason why they shouldn't. Now, currently they're not, but they should be. And that's his aim, is that 18-year-olds coming out, coming after development squads, will be ready to play county senior football. I thought that that was brilliant. It was great to see a plan like that because I, I completely agree with him. And actually, I took into doing a bit of digging on it and in the AFL last year, there were, as far as I could find out, 52 18-year-olds played Aussie rules at professional level. Mm. If they can do it at that, surely we can we can replicate it here. Yeah, it's interesting that the figure's so high. I didn't realise that. Yeah. Well, like, I personally think in Cavan we went too far the other way. Like, at one stage, we were 
bring a lot of lads straight in from the minors. Like I, I mentioned before about t- 2003, we had four of the 2002 sure. minors. Cause that was the year I was minor. I wasn't called in there, but <laughs> you had four. You'd, you'd Paddy Brady, Mark McKeever, Sean Johnson and Sean Brady all played in the qualifiers against Antrim. Against Fermanagh. But that was too many. Yeah. And that was happening at the time. I remember 2008, you had Barry Waters straight in off the minors starting on the championship team. You were nearly getting one every year around that time because there was lots of good players like Ray Cullivan would have been another and Ronan Flanagan there was lots mm. but Kiyamaki and, and I thought that was probably that was probably not working out very well Park Riley was another yeah. um, so around that time so we, when Terry Highland kind of took charge that changed and we held back lads back until they were 21 or whatever and that's probably almost but you didn't really like like Darren McFeed he was was he 19 Darren McFeed and Michael argue up in, up in Celtic Park were they 19? Well, they were minor in 2011, so they were 20. But 1920, okay. 20 that year, yeah. 20 that year, yeah. yeah. But, like, I do remember Terry saying, we won't play the under-21s yeah, in, in the league. And, and, like, they played, yeah. they played a couple of them, but... Because at one stage, Fergal Flanagan had played, like, nine or ten championship matches before he played a league match. Yeah. Because well, he was straight in at 19 into the championship team. But anyway, I, I my point is, I think we've gone too far the other way now. Yeah. Like I always say, I know it was a different game, but like back in '97, whatever, you had a f- good few 19, 20 year olds on that panel. You had, and 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 on top of that, that may have been just coming where Terry's era was coming towards the end of an era when bulk was important at county senior football. It's now come back towards more athleticism. I I feel anyway. So I think it's more achievable for an eighteen year old to play now than maybe at the start of the last decade where. We were looking at the Armagh jerseys, just bet on to boys and Tyrone wearing paint instead of jerseys. You know, mm, yeah, that, that sort of stuff. So, but there's I a lot. Of, I I'm not interested in strength and conditioning. I'll be straight up with you or that <laughs> athletic stuff. It doesn't really interest me. I know. Well, then, I know well, then you the like podcast it. I'm going to be delivering later on today is definitely not going to interest you because to let the listeners know, I have Dermot Shorten. He's the strength and conditioning coach with uh, with Offaly County Seniors and obviously Mullahorn man and Virginia coach of the of the uh, Marky Cup. Uh, winning team so he's he's in on the podcast later on so you can tune out for that one you don't yeah, have to no, I, won't, I, won't, I genuinely won't listen to that <laughs> nothing against there but I think there's a lot of bluster like like Andrew Quinn was talking about um, you know if you've got an aspirational whatever he used the word aspiration a few times and I was like nah I'm not buying that. Like, if you're if you're a footballer and you're on a county squad, of course you're aspirational. That's just a word that's thrown in there. Maybe that's why wearing my journalist hat. That's just a word that's thrown in there to make a sentence sound better. Yeah, yeah. Well, but that said, I was impressed with him. He, he did seem he, he did know clearly know his stuff. But I'm, I'm also just, wary. I'm, there's two things I'm wary of. I'm wary of, and you get this a lot in GA. We are totally in awe of anyone that comes from a professional sports background. For a start, you get somebody. Oh, Jeez, he he was doing strength and conditioning for for uh, Bristol City uh, under eighteen guards reserves. Whoa, you know this. It's like we're all blown away Don't by this. They're professional just yet. The but, Bristol City under eighteen girls reserves. Okay, but you get get my point. <laughs> yeah, and the other is what we're, what we're totally blown away by in the GA is is academics. Some fella comes along and and they've got a string of letters behind their name. Yeah, it's a it's a some lad comes along and he's got you know he he writes he comes out with some big statement. Let's say. Uh, county players should be training three times as much, or or something, some totally radical statement. And everyone goes, "Geez, well, uh, he's he's a lecturer there. He's he's a lecturer. He does three hours a week lecturing in Queens." No, don't give me that. I'm not buying it. Just because the man is highly educated <laughs> doesn't mean his opinion on that on certain things are, are more valid than anyone else. Well, that's yeah, certain things. I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it's that they're more valid, but they're what what I kind of would take from it is that they're, they're such a diverse range of opinions in what's right and what's wrong in the GA and where you've gone to in professional stages is you've far more or you have had far more people um, who are educated in sports science they've come up with nearly a, a formula okay this is best practice I don't think we've come up with best practice I think everybody's kind of going well this is what we done and it worked for us and then everybody kind of follows them it's nearly it's that trend of is the All Ireland winners done this last year? Everybody follows it the following year. You know, I think it, we're we're still in that trend. We are in it, and and, and we're also um, we're all, we also tend to focus on it on something that yeah, it's important, but it's only a couple of percent. Like if you mm. if you, if your culture isn't right, 
you can lift all the weights you want. Like, and you can you can you can go around saying, yeah, look, I got up six o'clock in the morning. and I lifted X, Y, and Z, and look at my figures here. Yeah, but yeah, but look, when Did are you, you going to score a point? Th- yeah, like you know, is, what's your team culture like? Are you are you bullying the new lad that's in the team? Are you encouraging fellas? Are you tro- throwing your arse out when things are going against you? Yeah. You know, um, that's it. That's it. Like uh, you're 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 right, and I think again, this this is going to sound like the the homage to Terry Highland show, but Terry used to say that. There's no point in focusing on the last three percent if the ninety-seven isn't right, and mm. and the ninety. I'd say, I, I, I'd say that was a phrase of Anthony Forrest because I often heard Anthony saying that. Right. That right. in Cavan we got we got caught up in the the three percent. No, yeah, okay, we we uh, we're very well hydrated, yeah, but we're not fit to walk. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like that's it. It can be, but I I what I loved about it was actually the insight. Get just just hearing the we've put in numerous requests or I have anyway to to do interviews with Andre Quinn or Dermot McCabe and never got never got them back and and just to hear the men talking about their plan their vision and to receive then um the actual the, the coaching and games plan for 2020 there was a, a a presentation done for the um for a county board meeting and just to see that plan as well there is a really good plan in place and mm. I I have to say hand on heart I, I I commend Dermot McCabe and all of his team for the the plan that they've put in place because it excited me looking at it that okay this this is going to work this is actually going to get uh, Cavan progressing like the it go, it drills down into underage coaching um, and how they're going to uh, the, the 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 GPOs are going to have a session at the start of every season in March. With they're under seven, the club under sevens, under nines, under elevens, under thirteens, under fifteens, so on. Coaches and say, look at this is what we feel you should be doing. This is how we'd lay out a particular type of training session. And here's a bank of training sessions uh, that that you can have. You know, go and implement them, go and use them, or dig in, dig out. But it, it's giving them a real bit of guidance. And what that'll give is a continuity across the entire county that. Clubs are actually working to a bit of a plan, mm. so and that that in turn should raise the whole standard. I think it's a really good plan, and a, a huge praise has to go to coaching and games for 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 putting this plan together. Yeah, I know, I know. Give them praise, but at the, I'll, I'll temper the praise too until we see results. Like definitely well, fair play to the lads, but like it's it probably is their job. Like well, it is, but and it's it, good it, to see them doing it very well. Yeah, I and I agree with you, but. Where, where where the past may have been and, and the criticism and frustration came from was nobody knew what the plan was. Nobody knew was there a plan. Nobody knew, you know, well, what are they doing and what are they meant to be doing? Now it's out. Everybody knows, you know, the, 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 I think the delegates of the of the clubs have seen this plan. It, the, there was a presentation made of it. So now if, if this plan isn't implemented, then people can co- turn around and go, okay, now you're not doing what you said you do. But... The important part is now we can all see there's a plan. I, I think it's a positive step and I think it deserves huge praise uh, for, for a starting point. Maybe maybe a few years behind when we'd like to have had a starting point, but it is a starting point. So we'll, we'll take it as a positive, Paul. I yeah, know we will, yeah. yeah. I thought <laughs> Derm in particular spoke very well. Like He's very articulate. He's, yeah. a, he's an excellent speaker, like... Um, I thought you thought it. Yeah, no, it was it was good. But it, but we should on, we should go ahead. Sorry, on the new gym as well. Did you go in to see it? No, I, oh. uh, Damien. I don't care. I don't. Ca- I, well, I'm excited. This is what I'm sa- Why would I go and look at a gym? I, Why would I do that? I was over at the at the hurling game last Sunday, and uh, you and went in to look at big. You went, went in to, to look, look at lads lifting big lumps of metal and putting them around somewhere else. Well, I just went in to look at the big lumps of metal. So I did. <laughs> like, uh, I, there happened that there was a few county players that are on the injury list that are coming back were, were in doing their work, but. I, I was impressed by the gym. I, I have to say, like, I I like a nice gym, <laughs> and it impressed not for, me. Not so, for me. A huge, huge, huge credit to all involved. Um, what we might do is we'll 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 park this Monday night live podcast from the gym. We'll do a live podcast from the gym. That's a metal you. banging. I could spot you. <laughs> um, but there, there is so much in that presentation that maybe over. The next week or so, what I might do is try and put it together as a podcast and and, and put it out so people can listen to exactly what was what was done uh, or what was said at that meeting yeah. um, on Monday night because it, it was very very well put together. The whole night was was excellent. Every every speaker did well. I thought. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, it was a busy week for the county board, Damien, because because there was a court case in Dublin as well. Let's let's just 
take a moment and, and applaud Cavan County Board. Because people anybody who follows me on Twitter will know my bugbear is is these insurance chasing people. You've few you've a few bugbears on Twitter. I yeah, well, Refer, referees from from a county that's that's on the same island as the county they're No, 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 no. Don't don't exaggerate it now. Referees that are connected with with, connected. with, a, with a management team. Connected. Definitely connected. Or even even referees that are connected with, with a team that's coming up afterwards. Like, you know, I, I, I anyway, we'll not go on to that one. But my one is I, I, I just hate insurance claimers mm. that don't need to be claiming. There's mm. no it's your own stupidity. People will know I've I've uh, given a good example of stupidity in the last couple of weeks but I'm not going to go claiming of anybody for it it was my stupidity yeah. you know and I, I hate people who expect everybody else to carry the burden for their stupidity yeah I, I agree and you can see the reaction on social media to, to give a bit of insight to it Cavan County Board went up went up there and they really put a lot of work into the case and um, they were they were not settling and 90% of these things are settled outside the door of the courtroom yeah. and the ju- judges want you to settle as well uh, they, they're happy they just put, draw a line through it and and it doesn't need to be no rule has to be made there's no losers to, there to, is well, well there is a lo- there yeah. is yeah but there's no when it's settled it's sort of like limits the damage nobody's getting catastrophic claims against them that's yeah. going to ruin them but Cavan County Board said they were not settling because they were confident that they had everything in place and uh, the, the chairman got a grilling for I think about 40 minutes from a barrister and uh Put to him hot and Current heavy. Current chairman. Yeah, Kieran Callan. Callan. Yeah. It was put to him hot and heavy, but he was the stadium director back then. Exactly. And you can what he did when he came in as stadium director and event controller was he he they brought in an outside firm to to do a safety audit, which you can see is what some similar to what he's doing with the with the chairmanship now. He's brought in an outside firm to do an audit, Mazars. They got they did a safety audit back then. I remember seeing the document. It was about twenty five pages. Right. And they they identified every possible area in the in the stadium, and they fixed it. They put in handrails. They put in this, that, and the other. They put in new steps, and they had the place absolutely tip top. So they have, uh, th- it. Th- they have the place, yeah, yeah, spot on. So this claimant said that there was water on a step, and uh, yeah, even even to the point that there was no rain that day, but the paint on top of the step meant meant that the rain from the night before left it slippy. Like mother of Jesus, well, he was stretching. Hey, there was there was uh, an engineer. I think an engineer's report produced by Cam County Board. I think I'm right in saying this stated that there was a five percent gradient on the steps, so water can't sit on the steps. <laughs> uh, the the other thing was um, part of the the claimant's uh, case was that there was no handrail on one side, but it was proven that it was it, with the one handrail that was there limiting the thing. It was basically single file where he exited. Yeah. So, so it was one meter wide, and there was a handrail to his right hand side. Yeah. Now, I I imagine even a small man, when he puts out his two hands to stretch from extreme right to extreme left, it's wider than one meter. Yeah, you know. So, um, Cavan County Board made the case, made the point that there's four thousand two hundred steps. I think it was it was quoted four, as as forty two thousand, but it's actually oh, four thousand two hundred. Yeah, there's there's forty two sort of gangways with a hundred steps in the, in each one. And they were saying that every one of those is going to have to be ripped out and every stadium in the country will have to be basically closed down and parts were rebuilt. Yeah. And the judge the judge took that to heart. But before the case started, it's my understanding that the approach was made to settle. And Cavan said no. And then the approach was made again to settle for a lesser figure. And Cavan said no. And I think that really put the cat among the pigeons because there was a feeling on the, on the other side that there possibly would be a settlement. Yeah. Uh, so it was great. Do you know what? It was well done by Cavan County Board and, to, to, and st- to stick to their guns. What, what, what I love, what I love, is the fact that Cavan GA went and they got a barrister, and that that's very expensive. Now, the the what what the costs that 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 man's going to incur now might just serve as a deterrent for other people to try to do something like that in the future, and I like that. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, I'm not saying he was being dishonest, but it, there wasn't enough in it to, to like someone's not to blame. If you take a slip, that doesn't mean someone automatically is to blame other than yeah. yourself. Like, maybe you aren't watching where you're going or whatever. But um, the, the county board didn't get wind of it. I think he, the, the the complaint was made to the GEA like a month or two after it happened, but it didn't come to Cabin County Board's attention for six or seven months. Mm. Uh, so, like, 
but the the the, the judge commended the county board in the in the strongest terms. Like they said, she said she used the word unbelievable, re- reference to the plan they had in place for the day, the match day plan, hundred and thirty yeah. something stewards and meeting with guards beforehand. It's just absolutely brilliantly run. So fair play to them. They yeah. they, they they can learn the road. And I know that that sources told me that the GA top brass are have been in touch right from from the president has been in touch with Cavan to commend them because I think they're they're very very happy that that this, this is a bit of a landmark ruling. Well, imagine it went the other way. What the consequences were, you know, and that's that. That's the beautiful thing about it. It would have been open season. Yeah, but the, ju- the judge has to be has to get a pat in the back too. But then again, it's the same thing. He's doing his job, or she's doing, doing her, her job. job, like like that. And and it did fall again. We're we're, we're going on the assumption of, of of the ruling of the case, but it fell on the right side that somebody slips and falls. You know. There, there should be personal responsibility within that, and mm. that's that's where I was. I was delighted. I, I, I didn't even know this case was coming up, and then somebody sent it to me on. on no, it was kept very quiet. It was, and and like it was the day after, wasn't it the day after the the presentation in in Crow Park? Um, or was no, it, it was Wednesday. Wednesday. It was right. Wednesday. So two days after. It was a busy week. A very busy week. Kieran Callahan had a lot to do with the presentation in Crow Park and then preparing for, for this court case on the Wednesday. So absolutely brilliantly done. Well, well done to Cavan County Board. A huge, huge amount of um, plot. It should go your way. This weekend, there are three fixtures to talk about. Um, we're just going to highlight them. The first, well, the... the the Camogues are out on Sunday afternoon. They travel up to Tyrone, um, where they take on obviously Tyrone in Greencastle, and it's at two o'clock. And then on Sunday down in Clare, down over in uh, Dunbeg, Cavan take on Clare in round five of the Little National Football League. Is that going to go ahead uh, at this stage? I haven't heard anything, but I'd bet against it. There's an awful lot of schools closed in Clare. There's mm. a bit of hysteria about about the coronavirus which has picked up in the last day or so it's definitely gathering momentum i wonder will cheltenham go ahead because yeah. I don't, I, i'm not going to say more importantly than the ladies fixture against Clare, no. but cheltenham's still very important if you like a bet and uh it looked it looked like it was at one stage i thought that's going to be off and then all the sounds were this week cheltenham was going to be on but as this thing picks up who knows they'll have to watch uh Folks will have to watch that space just to see. Um, I know that the Cavan ladies are heading down the night before. Um, so if it's going to be called, it'll want to be called today or tomorrow at the very, very latest, early on in the day. So, um, But yeah, it's a must-win game for, for Cavan ladies, footballers. Um, they have to win their last their last three games. Last Yeah, last three games to to keep in the hunt for promotion. And uh, the Camogues, in case people didn't realise, they won their first game against Roscommon convincingly. They were beaten by uh, Limerick, who were the junior champions last year, um, by, I think it was six or seven points. So they're, they're very competitive in that. So a win up in Tyrone would, would, would be a massive result for the Camogues. So hopefully they can get over the line. And then on Saturday afternoon in Abbottstown, Virginia College are taking on St. Colum Killis Community School um, in the All-Ireland semi-final um, after winning the, the, the Marquee Cup. So that's a, a big, big game for, for Virginia once again. Yeah, hopefully there was talk that some, there was a clash of fixtures that they might be listen, missing some players. So hopefully they have everyone. Um, I mean, they're battle-hardened after that last war they had against, against St. Kieran's Ballygally. So it'll be a great achievement to get to the final of that. Yeah, definitely would. Um, and we'll, we'll have a reaction to that on next week's podcast. I'll be heading up to Abbottstown. Um, any talking points, Paul? Yeah, there's a few talking points, Damo. Okay, the talking points are coronavirus emoji of a face mask emoji of a kind of a pukey boy. Yeah, I, no, I don't want to be spreading any sort of fears. I don't think he can vomit on it. Do you? Do you vomit from the coronavirus? Not sure. The, the question asked was, what will we talk about? County needs Laraman to bring a solid winning mentality. That's Laraman. <laughs> I love his comments. Uh, like I, I wear blue tinted glasses, but my God, they're orange tinted. Cavan <laughs> uh, Camogie team. Yeah, great. As I said, making progress. One win, one dr- one loss, but only two games played. And and as the year goes on, like they're in the All Ireland Junior Championship. But as the as the that is the end for the year. So as things go on, we will be covering more Camogie. We will. Uh, 
two Cavan schools in all Ireland semi-finals next week, Loretto and Virginia. We will be talking about Loretto, Loretto next week. That's right. That's the senior back in the all Ireland semi, isn't it? Or is it the yeah, no, it's, it's the senior team, yeah. Senior teams this time. Yeah, they beat, they beat our ladies, Castlevania, and that was the final. Cavan, Camogie, yeah. Uh, two schools in, in Cavan, in us the final. Say Moog's back-to-back, question mark. That's next, so we'll, we'll give that a good push next week. Yeah, because it's St. Moe's against Breffney College. It's on the 3G next Thursday at 12 o'clock, I think, midday. So, uh, yeah, we, we'll, we'll be looking ahead to that. And definitely, uh, my plan is to go to that one anyway. So, uh, but great to see it. And, and as a result now, in Division 5, 4 and 3 of the Ulster Senior uh, Colleges, Cavan have had representation in each of the finals and great, dominated great Division 4 or Division 5 sorry uh, How Cormac McHugh somehow managed to get on Gaelic Life Team of the Week? Yeah well he, he, he played corner back for the County Miners who had a massive win up against Tyrone scored the first point after half time had a really really good game I was told by a Tyrone man so I guess I'm. it wasn't by Cavan influence that he got in there so no. I'd say it was it was thrown. He must have had a very good game. Although I understand Shane Tynan was was excellent. He scored a sideline um, with a free, or obviously a free dead ball. He scored a sc- sideline in snowy, windy conditions. Apparently, it was it was a score to behold. The the journalist that was at it told me that uh, that basically, if there was a video there, it would have gone viral because the conditions were so horrible to try a sideline. So well done to yeah, Shane Tynan. Great strike the ball. Well done to all the county miners because. That that journalist again said to me that the the brand of football that that Cavan minor team play was an absolute joy to watch in horrible conditions in the second half. So the first half, they, they were, you know they were playing against such a gale that it was very hard to see them. Other than their work rate was good, but definitely their their brand of football. So I'm looking forward. They're playing Donegal. I think the weekend after next, I'm looking forward to seeing that game. Absolutely. Um, Cavan Miners was the next talking point. So we talked about that. Two Cavan schools in the Ulster final next tour. So yeah, Darryl, that, this is a big talking point. Daryl McGorn knocked out of school free taking competition after missing three twenty five meter frees. That's come up a few times. Uh, the next com- comment was this. Was this recently? Must be Daryl McGorn getting knocked out of St Pat's free taking competition after thirty five meters. Uh, Th- Darren McGorn missing three frees in a row from 25 metres since the past three days. Okay, so, so this seems to be a very, very popular discussion point. We're going to have to find out a bit more. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get on to Darren and see exactly what happened there now, but um, not like him to miss frees. It's not like him to miss frees. There's f- two funny comments here, which sums up the condition of the Cavan supporter. First one is, if we got promoted, what are five things Cavan need to do to stay in Division 1? And the next one is, Relegation, a real, a real possibility, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, how yeah. to, how to, the next comment is how to lose promotion when we had it on our fingertips. Um, I still don't think promotion's gone fully, personally. Well, I, I personally, I'm going to call it now. I don't think we're going to get promoted. I don't. We're not going to get relegated. Um, no, definitely not. I think we're going to, we're going to. It all comes down to Newbridge. I think if we can get a result in Newbridge, I'd fancy us. The last day against Roscommon. If we don't get a result in Newbridge, I thought Cansey is getting a result against Roscommon. It's like that for me. Yeah, you, you're right. I, I'd agree with you. If you if you don't if you don't get something out of Newbridge, you won't get anything out of Roscommon. And I personally I don't think, think Kildare Kildare are have to be better than 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 they've been showing. But now, if I had gone to the head, I don't think we're getting up. Yeah, I I, I you think you think you think we are getting up? I give us a 50-50 chance. To be honest, I I, I go and call it yes or no. Will we get up? I'm saying no. I, I genuinely, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence. It's a draw. I, 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 I think we've as good a chance of getting up as, as we don't. You know, because, and it will come down to the Kildare game. If, 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 so, if I came in here and said, Damien, I've just won a thousand euro free bet out of Paddy Power. A free to, bet. Yeah. Which are the bigger odds then, Cavan to go up or Cavan to stay? Because if I can get a free bet, I'm going on the bigger odds. Uh, I presume Cavan well, going they're up. Ni- they're nine to four to go up. So therefore, so they would be less to stay. Yeah. So I, I'll, I'll go with going up. I'll go with the bigger odds. But that's just for a bet. If, if you're asking me... Okay, if it's even money each way. If it's, if it's even money each way. I'm giving you a thousand euro free bet. Ah, because I'm an optimist, I'll go with going up. <laughs> but it's still it's it's still going to be very, very close. You call me a pessimist. I call myself a realist. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
You said tomato, I said tomato. <laughs> you said promotion, I said relegation. <laughs> I, I, I think it's going to be very close. I'm looking forward to the Kildare game because it's all, it's all going to hinge on that. Having said that, I'll be watching very closely for Mana Armagh this weekend and also then watching Armagh Roscommon the following weekend because I think that those two results have a huge, huge impact on Cavan. If Armagh were to get nothing out of those two games, Cavan going to the Kildare game then, or... or you. I'm not sure when the fixture is for us common Armagh, whether it's before or after, but or during. But if 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 Armagh slip up a wee bit, I expect Westmead to slip up a wee bit and, and I don't think Leash are gonna win their last two games. So and even if they do, it gives Cavan still great hope. If Roscommon beat Armagh after Fermanagh beating Armagh, then Roscommon have nothing to play for anyway in the last game. You beat Kildare, you have a damn good chance of beating Roscommon because of nothing to play for. That's that's the way I see it. But yeah, well, I, I think Armagh will struggle away against Clare in the last day. There'll be nothing handy down there because Armagh will be playing in the third week in a row as well. That's right, which yeah. is another factor. But um, all very interesting. All interesting. We did uh, fully analyze the Clare game over on the Patreon uh, service on www.patreon.com forward slash We Are Cavan. If you want to hear that back where Michael Hannon, Mickey Brennan and myself and then Paul Fitzpatrick all looked back over the game and we had interviews with Killian the Gunner Brady and Mickey Graham so a uh, very busy uh, show over on the Die Hard service so I think that brings us to the end Paul that's it we'll, ha- uh, happy weekend yeah exactly enjoy, enjoy the weekend keep the face masks on um, and best of luck to the Cavan Camogues the Cavan Ladies and of course Virginia College in their respective games on the weekend Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Carvinese, yeah! Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Kevin to get come back into the big time? And then the cave, and it's over the lap, and Kevin are not buried yet. Kevin doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah, yeah. <laughs>